Blog Talk Radio. Okay, we're going on. We're in a pre-recorded version of Left at the Valley with Kevin and Karen. Hi, Karen. Hi, my uh, name is Karen. I know, I know. <laughs> this went right into the dish right away. She is Karen. I am Kevin, so for those of you who don't know. And uh, we have a, cu- a couple of guests today. Karen, would you do the honors? Our very special guests today are Bethany Cunningham and her father, Mark Cunningham. They are going to talk to us today about uh, raising... Families not in faith, so atheist, um, you know, child rearing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Sorry, my mind went blank. This is going to be a good episode. Yeah. So, anyway, this welcome. Show We're very happy to have you gone. here. I'm happy to be here. Yes. yes, already in the ditch. And that was about 20 seconds into it. Great. <laughs> That's good. No, today, uh, this, this show is about uh, bringing positive atheism, skeptical thinking, and uh, secular humanism to the masses here in the Fraser Valley. <laughs> masses. Well, <laughs> well, we do have like three listeners, but that's okay. Our masses of listeners, that's what you meant. Now I yes. understand. Okay, well, with all, all this fun, and before we get into it, should we go into our uh, segment of uh, this day in history? All right. Well, Let's give, it, do give it. it a second for the music to go. Sorry. <laughs> Can I talk now? Oh. <laughs> this is why I drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this day in history. So I'm doing this a little bit differently this week. Um, Leave your mic alone. I'm sorry. Uh, so rather than do a whole bunch of facts from this day in history, I just yeah, chose... we don't want to give too many facts to people, I know. <laughs> I chose four <laughs> days, July 17th to 21st, and I've arranged my facts in chronological order. So everything is happened between July 17th and 21st, and I've got a little bit more information about each thing. So, if you like it, you should please be sure to <laughs> let us know so that Kevin knows that I did something yes. right. <laughs> Whatever Karen is not necessarily affiliated with leftatthevalley.com, <laughs> please send your remarks to Karen at leftatthevalley.com. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so, uh, AD 64, Great Fire of Rome begins. Nero blames the blaze on Christians and begins the first Roman persecution of them. Then we jump right ahead to 1848. <laughs> it's the first women's rights convention held in the town of Seneca Falls, New York, with over 300 attendees, both men and women. Did you say you remember that? No, I said something like that. Oh. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it was called by a woman named Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Um, Stanton, unusually for her time, was formally educated with boys and earned top grades in many of her classes. However, she was still denied entrance to a male college, and her father, despite being a lawyer and having had her educated, still felt that Stanton was just inherently inferior to her brothers because she was female. Hmm. So, she became a lifelong uh, advocate for gender-neutral divorce laws, women's right to refuse her husband sexually, uh, increased economic opportunities for Refuse her husband sexually? Yeah, before your husband could rape... <laughs> well, <laughs> and um, did, did we oh, just course. crash the episode again? Let's <laughs> the right we just crash it again. <laughs> All right. Anyway, on a side note, she was agnostic. She nice. was not religious. In 1881, Sitting Bull returns to the U.S. from Canada and is forced to settle on a reserve. I think probably most people know he was the leader of the Sioux Resistance. Actually, an interesting fact: he he never liked to be called Sitting Bull. His real name was actually Sitting Buffalo. Really? But the Americans kept on calling him Sitting Bull, mm. and it, it stuck. Mm. And then he was actually, you know, it's, it's one of those things like saying, don't call me Chris, it's Christopher, like it mm. used to be, right? Sitting Buffalo. Oh. That was well. interesting. Hey, I'm not just a pretty face. Sometimes <laughs> I know things for oh, you, you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> you talk into the microphone, sir, before I mute you. <laughs> okay, this is one we we probably know about already. 1925, the John T. Scope John T. Scopes is found guilty of violating Tennessee state law the by Scope teaching trial. evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in tw- 1925, a statute was passed in Tennessee mm. so that you could not teach in public schools any theory except the biblical account of human creation. And Scopes' lawyer argue, argued that this violated academic freedom and that the state legislature had indicated a religious preference violating the separation of church and state. The outcry caused the case, uh, the outcry caused by the case, um, discouraged other states from creating similar laws, but that law was still on the books in Tennessee until 1967. Wow. Mm. That's so mad. <laughs> hey, that's, that's the perk of uh, being in the United States, right? Yeah. I'm so glad I'm not there. <laughs> Oh <laughs> 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 also in 1925, the first volume of Hitler's Mein Kampf was published. Then in 1936, the Spanish Civil War begins when the right-wing General Francisco Franco led an armed revolt against the democratically elected socialist government. That's one of the, uh, the, the people from World War II that a lot of people don't think about Franco. They always talk about Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin. Yeah. They never think about Franco. Yeah. So the the government had established a constitution which allowed for freedom of speech, freedom of association, the vote for women, allowed divorce, stripped the nobility of legal special legal status, and limited the powers of the church. But Italy and Germany aided Franco from the start, and um, the the democratically elected government was overthrown. He stayed dictator. Franco was dictator until. 1975 when he died and they used the Germans used in the Spanish Civil War Blitzkrieg and other uh, tactics that they used in the Second World War mm-hmm. okay 1938 this is my favorite one Douglas Wrongway Corrigan takes a second flight across the Atlantic from New York to Ireland Charles Lindbergh did it first but unlike Lindbergh who was rich uh, Douglas Corrigan was a blue collar mechanic he built himself the plane that he flew across the Atlantic, and it was uh, literally held together with baling wire, had spare fuel tanks welded onto the hood. He couldn't see in front of him. He could only see out the side window. 
he got his nickname because the U.S. flight authorities said that his plane was not safe. He couldn't fly it across the Atlantic, and they denied him permission. So he booked a flight plan to California, <laughs> got in his plane, flew to Ireland, and only 26 hours after he was flying, he said, oh, I went the wrong way. <laughs> oh, God. So he became a folk hero, and when he got home to New York, he, lay, he was given a, a parade in his yeah. honor. He <laughs> wouldn't have asked for Exactly. I can't believe he went the wrong way. <laughs> he went the wrong way. Uh, in 1960, in mm. Sri Lanka, then called Ceylon, I'm going to butcher her name, Sarima Bandaranaiki was elected as the world's first woman prime minister. She wasn't appointed to the position. She didn't inherit it from a predecessor. She was elected by the people as prime minister. Nice. Um, and that's 1960. Mm-hmm. So Do we know how the crowd took it? They, her, she had a lot of um, uh, allegations of abuse of power. Her, her term, she was elected three times, so she was well-liked, but there was always problems, and so, you know, she, uh, it wasn't without... Uh-huh. Maybe maybe the the man couldn't handle. She was the first, you said, woman, right? First woman ever in the world wow. to be elected as prime minister. The man just couldn't take it. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> You're just looking for an opportunity to do that. <laughs> no, you crashed my episode, so I'm gonna right there. I'm gonna put she, all my drops I want. She was a skilled politician and a diplomat, very skilled in mm-hmm. um, uh, intergovernmental relations with other countries, that sort of thing. Anyway. As a side note, it wasn't until 1984, 20 years later, and 136 years after the Women's Rights Convention in New York, that the first woman vice presidential candidate is, is nominated in the U.S., and she didn't get elected. And last one, July 20th, 1969, astronaut Neil Armstrong becomes the first human to walk on the moon. Did he, though? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We don't have proof, do we? No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so, there upon we go. This pleasant uh, episode so far. I think we've had uh, an interesting episode. Without a doubt, the worst episode ever. Rest assured wow. that I was on the internet. Oh, he just slammed you guys. Wow. No, 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 no. Just slamming our work right now. I think it was you. This is still has a chance to be the best episode ever. So. Uh, yeah. it has, we have a chance to turn it around. Yeah. Thank you so very much. <laughs> <laughs> we liked it, Karen. Yeah. I like you. I like Thank you. I like that format. Thank you. Yeah. I thought it was good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's bring our guests back again. Let's have them give them a big All applause. Right. We have the Cunninghams, or known as the Funninghams, right? Yeah, the Cunninghams. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, guys. Thanks, Kevin. Yes, Thanks. we're so glad you're Karen. here. Yeah, Thank you. despite our very professional... Podcast here. Oh, we're going to fit right in there. Oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, I guess today the uh, episode we want to discuss uh, with you guys, uh, since you guys are uh, half of a family, I guess, because yeah. your wife and your other daughter couldn't be here. They're in church. I guess uh, we wanted to discuss <laughs> what it was <laughs> in church. <laughs> we well, first of all, can you um, introduce yourselves? Yeah. You're Mark and Bethany. So yeah. your Mark was born in England. Go ahead and give us some, some, some background on I yourself. I was born in England. My parents were fairly religious but it was uh, never forced on us, which was nice. And we moved to Canada about 10 years ago. Yep. And this and is my daughter, Bethany. And Bethany, how old were you when you moved to Canada? 10. I moved 10 years ago, half my life here, half my life there. Mm. Um, born in Eastbourne. And did your parents rela- raise you in the church, or were you raised as a, a atheist? Neither. 
Neither. <laughs> um, well, I as when I was young, I went to a religious school. I went to church, and then I moved schools. So none of that was pushed on me, and nor was his beliefs pushed on me. My parents' beliefs were never, not even really spoken about. So nothing, no view, no specific view was was pushed on me, and I was able to come to those conclusions about life on my own. Now, the first question i got to ask you, Bethany, yep. is uh, what's the idea with the, uh, the the picture on Facebook of you in a bag? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Okay, okay. It was temptation. I saw a bag. I got in it. It was maybe. the cat side of Bethany. It was, it was definitely. It was like... We could share that picture maybe on the <laughs> podcast page. <laughs> I think so. I think if I fit, I fit. <laughs> that, was the, that was the moment I had to get in. Okay. Well done. Other than that. Did you find anything interesting in the bag? There was leaves. Oh, that's it? Yeah, just leaves. Oh, okay. And me, which <laughs> made it interesting. <laughs> Other than that, I'm very intellectual. I sure hope so. <laughs> we don't talk about that side of me. So, Mark, you said your your parents didn't force a religion on you. Did you go to church, or did they they leave that up to you? Did you did you no, uh, did you tell them that, that when you didn't believe, or no, I didn't. didn't and uh, my mum still doesn't know. Oh, really? Yeah, she's uh, quite elderly now, and I don't... I think she'd be fine with it, but at this point... Your mom might know your age? No, she doesn't. Yeah, really. Wow. Yeah. How did you keep that from her? Well, Well, she lives lives several thousand miles away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't forced on us. Uh, We went to church. She sent to a boys' brigade, which is kind of like the scouts. It was never discussed at home. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to... Or in our part of England, it was never a big thing over there. It's just like a social thing you did on the weekends, mm-hmm. and that was it. Hmm. Um, and Bethany was talking about she went to a Christian school. It was associated with the church. Yep. But again, I don't feel that it was really in that schools was forced on you as such. In the school system, I feel like it was a little bit forced. Okay. Yeah, well, Mark, you and I are about the same age. I mean, uh, I also, when I was a kid, religion was just not discussed. It was something that people went to church okay yeah. once in a while, if you did. You know, it was a cultural thing, but um, maybe there's a the, there's been a change in I, I I think since the new conservative movement ever came in, this is where the resurgence okay. of religion has come in. Would you agree with that? It's difficult for us to say because we haven't been here so long. What about in England? No, again, in England, I still don't think it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's just not discussed. Even under on, Thatcher. Even under Thatcher. Really? Yeah, really. That's never never was a big thing. You gotta love the Brits. Yeah, <laughs> I think. There may be somewhat of a resurgence now. This people are worried about immigrants coming in mm-hmm. with their religious views and losing the English religion view, religious views. So that may see somewhat of a upsurge in it, but we'll see. Okay, interesting. I have to say, I don't think that we got more religious under Mulroney. I don't remember ever noticing no, a difference under that. It was definitely <laughs> an up, in, in, uh, maybe not in Canada or the uh, the UK, but in the US, under oh, Reagan, yeah, sure. absolutely. Well, I, I would give you that, but yeah. not, not I mean, in Canada. I still maintain that the US are like two steps away from becoming a theocracy, personally. But that's my opinion. I know you're not worried that that's going to wipe off in Canada, too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's one of my big worries, because you see it starting mm-hmm. to seep yeah. across Canada, especially in places here like Abbotsford. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, Mark, you went to a well private school, what we would call a public school in in England, and then there was no religion. You weren't given no, like little no, Bibles just a or anything. State school, and yeah, yeah. Um, the religious education classes were more about the begins of religion and different religions, and it was a, interesting. It was a nice mm-hmm. education about all different religions. Hmm. Nothing was forced on you, which was great. Hmm.
And did you have to do the Lord's Prayer in the morning? <laughs> no, I don't actually remember doing that. Hmm. But that was a while ago. So. That's interesting. I had in, When I was in school in Canada, that was optional. So if the teacher okay. wanted to, they could. And I had one teacher who did. The rest didn't. And, but we certainly got little Gideon's Bibles every year. Okay. Yeah, we didn't do it in class. And no, we never got a Bible for the school. So. Mark. What? Keep close to your mic, please. I'm losing you, bud. Sorry, I'll try that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and you had the religious school, Bethany, and then... Yep. Um, for the first school I went to those years, it was a religious school, and every assembly, the pastor or priest from the church next door would come over, and he'd speak for a bit, and then we'd sing all these religious songs, like Small World in Our Hands. <laughs> it was it was it was fun at the time. Like it was definitely fun at the time. And um at that point, um I guess I would have thought I was religious because I had one thought of on me pushed on me. So I sing along with the songs, and then we actually used to go to church with the school and you know listen to him talk, and it was a bit. Boring, <laughs> but um, sermons always are. But um, yeah, at that time we were we're kind of taught that there was a god, and so I would say I was religious then. Even Nan, like she's she was Christian, but she was very subtle. It wasn't spoken about, but it was very it was subtle the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was understood. Just understood. It was understood. Yes, I mean, like I remember one time when we were staying over at her house and she always prayed before she went to bed and I was in the bedroom with her and I saw her praying so I did so I knelt on the ground kind of like watching what she was doing kind of following along not really sure what I was supposed to say um (laughs) but she was she it was it was a weird moment but she was praying to God and I didn't feel comfortable because I didn't understand how you could be talking to God. So I prayed to Granddad, who passed away, because it felt easier talking to someone who I knew existed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Talking to God right away can be a big step. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was, like, I, at that time I felt like I was religious, but it was still hard for me to sort of understand. But I do know the moment when I stopped being okay, religious. Okay, so tell us. Tell us that story. Um, so, obviously, we're all taught when you're religious, taught that there's heaven on the clouds and then you'll go up to them one day and then be back with those loved ones. And seeing as we live in England and my parents love to travel a lot, we we did so. And I remember one of the first flights, I think this is when we were coming to Canada for the first time, and I was by the window and I was looking out the window hoping I would see heaven because they said heaven was going to be on the clouds. So I was looking out for like these people and and the gates and I didn't see anyone and I didn't understand why they would be invisible but I thought okay if they're invisible maybe they're ghosts but where are the pearly gates the pearly gates can't be invisible that wouldn't make any sense so after that <laughs> moment I was like okay this doesn't make any sense anymore <laughs> so from then on, I was like no it's not real <laughs> that, was, that was very impressive observation and analytical thinking though I'm very impressed especially for a 10 year old or younger than 10 no, I was like Six. That was six, I think. I think it was six yeah. at that wow. age, and it didn't make sense to me, so I just stopped believing. So we have to thank British Airways for... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, 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 it
was, yeah, it was a very interesting moment after that. I was like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me anymore. No, so how about you, Mark? So you just were, you just kind of hung out at home. You didn't have to really worry about it or think about it. And then when did you sort of come to the decision that, or did you come to a decision definitely? Or did it just kind of creep uh, up on Mark, you? Mark, just, I, I got to tell you, you know, her story was really interesting. And she just said <laughs> you were just sitting around at home. you got to make your story sound really Not interesting. Not going to happen, No, it was just a gradual thing. There wasn't a moment where I believed and then I didn't believe mm. at all. Um, it was just... Yeah, nothing. Again, because it's not pushed on you over there. Mm -hmm. And we didn't talk about it. And Yeah, it was just this didn't make sense. And it was just a gradual process. Mm -hmm. And no defining moment when it happened. It Uh, is... Sorry. It is quite interesting, um, society over there, because religion is kind of a large foundation of England. I mean, there's like famous churches, the King Henry VIII, establishing the Church of England, and there's beautiful churches and cathedrals over there. But even though we have lots of history in religion, it isn't talked about. Mm. No, it's it's, it's definitely not spoken about. So it's really subtly there. Would you you think that now you've been in Canada for 10 years, is it more or less the same here in Canada? Okay, I, I think it's slightly. I think it's more religious. Slightly though. more. Yeah, for but sure. That might be because <coughs> it's close. We're near Abbotsford, Abbotsford which is yeah. really yeah. religious. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe just because we're, you know, I'm I'm older. I'm more open. Like I'm more open to it now. Like I see it more. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Kansas is slightly more religious because I don't remember it being hmm. such a no, big spoken thing sure. about there. And um, I got a question once at work which here, which I don't believe I would have got in England, was mm. the normal, if we come from monkeys, why are there still monkeys? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and I know, it's a horrible question. And I would no. never get that in England. No. I guess because uh. it's not talked about. No. <laughs> or do you think maybe is science better taught in schools so people understand these concepts so that you, they don't have to ask that question? It could be. I mean, how did you find science in school? Oh, you had your science here, though, didn't you? I had, yeah. I had most of my science here. And... It just, I remember one class where they were teaching, um, it was it was science class and they were teaching the theory of evolution and the religious view. Both were in school. Wow. And then they kind of said it as in, this is still a theory and you can make the decision. That's and I was really, here? that was here. I was yeah, oh in grade God. eight. I was really disappointed. Before. We wouldn't have had that. I before. love science. Yeah. And I didn't even think that religion should have been brought into the classroom no. at a point. No. Well, don't worry. We're, we're, like, we're actually planning an episode where we're going to do like the top 10, kind of Casey Casey, right. top 10 worst things you hear from Christians. And that'll be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the Why are there still monkeys? Yes. Don't worry. We'll do one of those. You guys will have I, to come back. I, oh, yeah. Time. I know tons of those questions. <laughs> I've been asked. And I just, it just boggles my mind how ridiculously stupid some people are. Uh, <laughs> you answer so, well being in a bag. <laughs> I was going to say, when the kids were younger, I think our thinking was we didn't want to push our beliefs on them mm-hmm. as such. And that's why we didn't talk about atheism or anything to Bethany yep. until she came to her own conclusion. Yeah, I definitely preferred that. Was it, was it, was it uh, sometimes used as a tactic that you might uh, not tell them because you might be afraid 
that um, like when Bethany, you you said you you became an atheist around the age of six, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so at that point, did you did you kind of advise her to maybe keep that under wraps? Didn't he didn't even know. Sense. Oh, okay. And it, we didn't need to. It was just something that was not naturally talked about. No, no, no. The religion was not talked about in at home yeah. at all. And maybe that was your influence on raising us because it was just something that wasn't usually discussed. So and you didn't have it pushed on you as a kid either. No. So it wasn't, you know, for you, it was natural just to sort of... I kind of like the um, religious stuff in the schools in England, not the teaching of it, although that was good, but you went and did the nativity plays and things like that, and the stories were always good. But that's how they were taken, really. They were stories. Yeah, Yeah. I was just going to say, I think uh, understanding, I mean, all cultures are based on on a mythology. Our mythology is Christianity. So there's a lot of literature and things that you actually have to have a background in that to understand them thoroughly. So uh, as long as it's taught in that way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's it's interesting because uh, when uh, my daughter was born, uh, of course, being from a Catholic family, it was still not pushed upon me either, except on my mother's side. They, they're fairly religious, but it was just expected that you would baptize a child. Mm-hmm. And I remember going with my ex at the time, and uh, she wanted to get the whole baptism done and all that stuff. And the priest asked me at some point, says, why are you guys doing this? And you're supposed to pro- give some kind of political answer okay. as to, we want to raise our child in the love of the Lord, blah, blah, blah. And I just looked at him, and she just elbowed me as I told him, ah, well, you know, I just don't want her to be picked on by the other kids. <laughs> and that was my entire reason for her being baptized. Yeah. And I think that was probably some of the reasons why her and I are not together anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never got our two daughters baptized. It was always they need to make their own decision yeah. mm-hmm. when they get to the age. Yeah. I think so, that's a good way to go. Mm-hmm. So would you say, do you... Sprinkle some water on her now. Pardon me? <laughs> <laughs> so do you think there's a difference between raising children as atheists rather than just raising them irreligious or not in a church? Like you said, your family went to church, but you weren't really raised as a Christian per se. So do you think there's a difference between raising a child as an atheist or raising a child as a as just as a non-religion? We, well, we didn't, in your opinion, you would say we didn't raise you atheist, did we? No. We just ra- raised mm. you as non-religious. Because there was nothing pushed on us. There was, your opinions weren't vocalized until I came out about mine, like until we realized that we had the same yeah. opinion, they weren't really talked about. But can, can we, we s- talk to you about critical thinking yeah. and how to be skeptical, yeah, and that leads to... Can mm-hmm. we raise, uh, I mean, I'm going to throw a wrench in here, can we actually say you can raise somebody atheist? Atheist is not something... It's a it's a negation of a, yeah. of a, a, yeah. a proposition, but right? You can, I believe, you can subtly raise someone as an atheist if you if you teach them there is no God. If you're teaching them right. your views, then you can still raise them atheist. But you know, he obviously didn't say there's no God. He never said there was a God. There was just no certain upbringing. Right. So I feel like you could raise someone atheist. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. But would you agree if people are born atheist anyway? Yeah, yeah, because they don't believe. But then they don't know about it no, either. Mm. Did you guys watch the uh, debate between Matt Dillahunty and uh, Saiten Brogancake? No, I didn't see that. Oh, man. <laughs> Worth watching then. Now, oh, yeah. Well, you know, if you want to pull your hair out of your skull and be a bit more bald or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. uh, and he that's one of the things he says uh, during the whole debate. He says, oh, everybody believes. You believe too. You're just, as an atheist, you're just repressing that. Yeah, I hate uh, that argument. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's like you're just rejecting God. It's like no, I just there is there's no God <laughs> for me. I'm not rejecting His love. You just see nothing to nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> Even Jimi Hendrix. You Jimi Hendrix fan <laughs> anyway? <laughs> Or just Justin Bieber? Oh, God. <laughs> Don't even say that. More questions? Um, yeah. Well, I don't know if this really applies. I was going to ask if you feel more prepared or better equipped as a parent to answer questions and, and deal with religious or atheist issues than, than your parents were. But <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. Probably. But again, because it wasn't forced on us, yeah. then... You know, they weren't. I guess what people would over here would think as typical Christian parents. No, but we have we do have better tools today. Right? We do. Oh, for sure. I we mean, do. when when I asked my mother as a kid, you know, well, where do rainbows come from? You know, she just spewed out the whole Noah story. Right? Oh God. Okay. <laughs> today, you try that on a kid, they'll just use their smartphone within ten seconds and say, "Yeah, you know, that's bullshit." See, I, I don't think that would ever happen. If I talked to my mum about rainbows, she wouldn't have referenced the Bible. No. Hmm. So, interesting. I think she even had her limitations of what she believed in. Yeah. She, I think she believed there was heaven and a God. But she didn't act like the stereotypical Christian. She was a good person and everything, but it wasn't like she viewed off those Bible stories. Ever. No. So yeah. she was more like a, a cultural Christian. Yeah, like I that's just so. the yeah. social thing to do. Yeah. I, th- I think it's one of the most pervasive ways that religion gets in. It's, it gets in the culture. Uh, I just had a recent experience. My father passed away very recently. Yeah. And although he was not a full-blown atheist, he was very, very close. Uh, he somehow believed that, you know, energy, you know, kind of a bit of a woo, you turn back to energy and there's like an mm-hmm. energy collective or something like that. So, so we asked the ceremony to keep it simple and to be secular. And lo and behold, the secular celebrant starts with a prayer. I was angry. Yeah, I was, I was, I yeah, can I, you believe it? And, and and he asked that. Can we start with a prayer? I said, "What are you talking about? You're supposed to be a secular guy." But that's how uh, it gets into the culture, and it becomes so normal that you don't give it a second thought. Yeah, I agree. You got the question. <laughs> I was just thinking you were talking about Noah, and when I I was I have a Christian, very religious mother, but my father's an atheist, so we were kind of raised to go to church but he never came to church with us so it was a bit of a weird dynamic but um so i I was given when i had kids a a children's bible you know with pictures and everything and i remember reading to my son he was like three or something read the noah story to him and i hadn't gone to church since i left home i was just not a part of my life at all but i didn't really think about it either and then i'm reading the noah story and i went this is crap (laughs) closed the book put it gave it to the thrift store never ever (laughs) talked about religion again like this is not going to be part of my child's upbringing yeah well you should see that uh, Ricky Gervais when he does that oh that's a story you need to look that up I love him that's so funny okay question number seven sure would you turn to religion if by doing so you could make John Cleese king of England (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course we love John Cleese (laughs) Absolutely. Who wouldn't want John Cleese as Still couldn't turn to religion. Pardon? You're no really? <laughs> Despite that, you know, I, I would reconsider at that point. <laughs> I, I don't think I can think of anything that would actually turn me religious. No. Apart from the evidence of seeing that God existed. I don't think mm. there's anything in my life that would happen that would make me be religious. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. What would it take? What would it take for, for you guys to... And don't give me the, the Bill Nye answer, you know, just evidence, you know, like, come on, let's let's be specific here. What would, well, it, what would you need? For God to have 
actually to physically see God, I think. Not only Shake just hand. physically yeah. see those pearly gates, man. I want to yeah. see the pearly gates. Seriously, those <laughs> pearly gates. <laughs> um, but only from a distance, because you're an atheist, you wouldn't get in there. <laughs> um, oh, the Pope says we can now. <laughs> not only just reveal itself, because anyone could sort of just be like, I am God, but like to actually have substantial proof and ex- and explanations of you know the stories and what we've heard, that would have to be shown. But I think myself as well, being a little bit more emotional. Um, I think if certain deceased members, you know, revealed themselves to me, okay. um, I think that it would be easier for me to believe. I'd probably be torn by my emotions. I'd be like, oh, there must be heaven. There's, you know, so, they're mm-hmm. here. So, I'd want to believe to see those people again, right? Yeah. Kay. So, so is it, is it really belief or is it hope? That is just hope, I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. I still accept it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But, but that, that would be your proof. Yeah. That would be more proof. I wouldn't really, I feel like I still wouldn't want to believe in God, though. Just because everything I've heard is just despicable to, be, to me. Like, all the war that is created is just outrageous. But just that little aspect of, of heaven would sway me a little bit. But it would only, it would only be to that extent. It wouldn't be like... I now believe and love God because God's still a monster. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's Especially true. So even, even if he was real. Yeah, well, the Abrahamic God anyway. Yeah, who would yeah. want to worship that? That's the thing. I would yeah. much prefer to have one of the Norse God, like Thor. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Thor is cool. Come on. Especially yeah. the new one that's going to be a woman. I heard. No, yeah. I heard that the, yeah. the, the, the supposed to change Thor into a woman. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. too awesome. I love it. Seriously, and it's not like his sister. It's actually going to be Thor. Cool. I don't yeah. know how to feel about that. <laughs> I know I'm a woman. Yeah. I know I'm a woman, but it's just. You just I like the way he looks right now. No, it's not even. <laughs> no, <to> do that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> and the show I'm just went too hard. The, the show just went to the. T- okay, oh, so that's a typical British thing. Oh, absolutely, Betty Hill. <laughs> so um, we we listen to um, different podcasts. So we listen to. Uh, Oh, my mind is going blank. I'm sorry. You know, the one that we always listen to. Anyway, they did a whole episode. Left of the Valley. Left of the Valley. That's the one we always Everyone should be listening to that one. Uh, Yes. And uh, so they did a whole episode on Santa Claus and how they didn't, these atheists, they don't teach their children what Santa Claus and it, you know, makes you incapable of becoming a a skeptical thinker and all that. So what did you, how did you deal with Santa Claus? I'm curious as a a non-religious. The normal thing we said Santa Claus existed yeah okay we didn't hide it it was um <laughs> it was fun we enjoyed the whole thing yeah, with the fun. kids I have no issue with that at all okay yeah so I, I me too I mean yeah. my kids yeah. believe in Santa Claus they're all very she still does very capable of <laughs> thinking skeptically they all you know yeah except expect explanations and so yeah, yeah. okay good I, I'm glad I'm not and, the only one who I thinks think, that's like, overblown it's definitely <laughs> a fun thing too with kids and I think it does actually teach them to think skeptically because it gives them the story and then when they sort of grow out of it, they think, okay, yeah, how is that possible? He wouldn't be able to do that. So yeah. it kind of does teach Maybe them to figure same. that out on their own. <laughs> yeah. We had that. I definitely believed in Santa Claus for a while. I also believed in the Tooth Fairy. I think I believed in the Tooth Fairy a little bit more than Santa Claus. <laughs> I just really loved fairies when I was younger. And I remember my mom leaving me a note on this tiny, tiny piece of paper with a flower on the back about why she was 
later giving me the money or something like that. And to me, I was like, oh my god, tooth fairy evidence. <laughs> They're really cute. That's cool. <laughs> then, you know, I realized that wasn't real either. Well, I'm impressed that your tooth fairy used little tiny fairy sized pieces of paper because when I wrote notes to my daughter, it was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I was like, see? Little piece of paper yeah, makes sense good. because she's tiny too. That, oh, that's, that's very good. good. That's very good. <laughs> the more you think about some of these, there's a different kind of atheist like that, like everything else, right? A lot of atheists will say, you know, you're just uh, perpetuating the belief in myth when you're teaching your kids that kind of thing. Or you tell them to just chill, man. Yeah, it's basically, yeah. But different people have different views on that, and I, yeah. we never have an issue with that. And it's yeah. fun, and it actually teaches them to figure it out for yourself. It teaches them to be skeptic. Because mm-hmm. we're Eventually, not. Because yeah. it's not like we're saying, no, Santa Claus isn't real, and not allowing them to solve that. It's like play, you get to play that, and then they realize for themselves that it's not possible. So it does teach them how to be skeptic. Okay. Mm-hmm. My daughter in my opinion. Was she, was she, was she really? Oh, yeah, she was really like, she looked at me and like, you lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a game. I said, it was a game. Adults play with kids. It's a game. And I can see why people would be, would not want to do that because of the whole religion thing. And, you know, you can't tell them there's no God, but you're telling them the Santa. But I do remember questioning it. Do you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was wondering if, Santa Claus wrapped the presents and labeled them, or if my parents did that because they always had the same writing as my mom. <laughs> so I was like, so do he, does he just give them to us and then she wraps them, or or is it just my mom? <laughs> <laughs> my mom Santa figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Should be pleased about that. <laughs> I remember <laughs> one time I was at the grocery store, and my mom bought a little toy toy uh, motorcycle and I'm like why are you buying that I think she just, she was trying to hide it but I oh, saw it yeah. anyway uh, and she's like oh never mind just forget about that and then I'm like okay I bet I know what that's for and and then it was my brother's stocking I'm like ha <gasps> proof Santa so, <laughs> that was how I found out <laughs> See? it was See? like it an aha moment <laughs> yeah so that is the ultimate lesson you want to teach the kids right don't teach them what to think teach them how to think yeah exactly sure. and that's what I think it does but what would you... Oh, Bethany, do you think... Speaking of anything, <laughs> Would you do anything different, Bethany? Oh, I hate that. Oh. There must, <laughs> no, there must be things that we did that you would think, well, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, but then maybe that's not atheist-related. That's just your parenting. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, like, I, I agree. Like, I want to raise my kids to think for themselves. Before, I've debated whether I should teach them about all different religions so they know enough about each topic and come can come to their own conclusions but lately I've realized that it's better just to take the step back and let them think it all out for themselves rather than forcing or you know pushing different opinions on them and telling them to choose one it's kind of better just to let them think completely for themselves but, see you were lucky I guess that none of the family not even Nan although they were religious talked to you about religion and tried to indoctrinate you in that side what if yeah your partner's side of the family were extremely religious and talk to them about talk to them about religion. Would you not think you'd have to explain your atheist side? I would. I would. I would explain to them that although I like I understand your beliefs, I've I've agreed and made a decision to raise my kids a certain way and I'd rather them not push their beliefs on my kids. But if they did, you'd still want to talk to your kids. <laughs> 
about your views. Yeah, because there's something that's very yeah. common is pressure from the grandparents. Yeah. yeah. And pressure from society. Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. Like, I would say that, you know, some people have this, if it comes up, obviously it's going to come up in school and they're going to come home and, like, speak to me about it. And I would say, well, this is what some people believe, but you don't have to believe that. And this you is know. why you believe what you believe. Maybe. Would you not? Okay. I feel like, depending on the age. Okay. Like, I wouldn't. I don't want to force my opinion. No, on for them. sure. I just want them to come to their own. But it may be different if they're getting a lot of religious input from somewhere else that you want to say, well, look, this is what I believe and this is why I believe it. Mm. Because otherwise, you have to balance the, the score, right? Otherwise, if, they, if they're just getting one thing from, say, their grandparents who they really like, your future partner's parents, and that's all they're getting, then you need to at least say, okay, then that might be the time when you say, okay, that's what, what they believe. This, believe. Is, this is what Muslims I don't believe. believe. That. This is what Buddhists <laughs> believe. This is what I believe. So that then they at least know there's a range as opposed to just one other viewpoint. Yeah, I would explain that um, you know, they believe this. Lots of people believe different things. That I'd give them, I mean, depending on the age, I'd give them you know, um, explanations of other religions. If they asked me, I'd be like, no, that's not what I believe. <laughs> Sounds to me like we're all planning our future family life right there. We're and there for we're you, just putting you under there. <laughs> you, can, you can help out when I've got my babies. <laughs> the, the Richard Dawkins book, uh, Color. Oh, with that, that, that children? Yeah, Magic Reality. Reality. I love oh, that book. I would definitely yeah. read it to my kids. Yeah. Oh, there's another one too that. Uh, because uh, the thing I do definitely want to bring up with my kids is science. Mm-hmm. And because that's like. It's not pushing atheism on them, but it's something that is just fascinating that all kids should should love. It's mm-hmm. science. And it's know. facts. And then it's no one facts. can exactly. exceed it, or at least, well, <laughs> they do, but <laughs> they can't really. <laughs> exactly. But you'd still talk to them about or teach them religious stories as myth? Because some of those are pretty cool. You are not the parent. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking. I'd he will be the grandparent. But like, just think, think, so about, think about how you raised me. You didn't need to bring in other religions. No, because the society we lived yeah. in, you weren't being pushed So on. I'm assuming, at least at this point, okay. that I could raise in the same way where I wouldn't have to bring in other religions and say they're myths. I don't want to make the decisions for them okay. or subtly hint at them. If I was lucky enough to grow have my kids grow up in the same society i wouldn't have to have any of those opinions mm-hmm. like i would just let them grow up and they would figure it out for themselves but obviously if it came to that if we live somewhere like here hopefully not <laughs> um where religion is all around us and first then obviously i'd have to have to explain all the differences okay well and i'll just do no that when they come and stay with me <laughs> for I mean I've lived other places in in BC and this is a very special place I have to say yeah. that other places are not like this where you have to you have to kind of fight against that okay. in lots of other places it's, it's secular society is the norm yeah. I don't tend I don't plan to grow up with my kids in Abbotsford or Mission so <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I'll have to come to that point where I'm explaining but of course like if if it need be, I would explain all the different religions and say that I think it would be more subtle hints that they were all myths, but I would explain what I believe and what everyone else believes and they would think for themselves. Actually, we have a recording of your father explaining what was his tactic, raising your kids. Crush your enemies! 
see them driven before you, <laughs> they are a lamentation of the women. There's <laughs> <laughs> them every day. <laughs> Try to your room. I have been. <laughs> well. <laughs> are, we still, are we still going on with the question or are we moving on to something uh, else? I, uh, that's I all the questions I have. Okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that you guys would like to, to add? No, well, let, let's. Sorry. No, we're moving on to a different so segment. Sure. How dare yeah. you have an opinion? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're not allowed. No, that's it. I'm muting your mic again. Anchor <laughs> boiling now. That's it. <laughs> Sexism, I'm just like. <laughs> no, we're moving to another segment. I want your opinion on that one. Uh, okay. Not you, ben. Another <laughs> brilliant <laughs> moment brought to you by religion. <laughs> All right. We got a couple of stories today. I want to hear what you guys think about this. First story. Now, I know we shouldn't laugh about this, but it's a good for a Darwin Award. Pastor Frank Kabili, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, on the west coast of Africa. He's a pastor that claimed that he had a revelation that with enough faith he could reproduce walking on water like Jesus. Oh, dear. He referenced Matthew 14, 33, which, you know, I don't have right now, so you'll have to look it up. But apparently he took his congregation to the beach to cross the Combo Estuary. Apparently it takes about 20 minutes to cross that estuary on by boat. Okay. And he fell, he took two steps. <laughs> he went under and he never emerged again. Oh! So I guess he didn't walk out from a beach then. He was just. <laughs> I yeah, this, this, I, that didn't make sense either. What kind of a beach is that? Bank on a really yeah. big drop after two yeah. steps. Oh, wow! Gosh. But you know, what can you say about something like that? Could, could he not even swim, or what happened there then? <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe he fell and hit his head on a big rock. Yeah, maybe. Drowned. He, he didn't have enough faith to swim, apparently. Then I wonder if Jesus could have done it after he was crucified anyway with the holes. Oh, <laughs> boy. Woo, that is good. Man, I'm taking on water. This isn't the way it's meant to be. Story number two. Uh, one of our all-time favorites, Pat Robertson, told on his uh, 700 Club show, and by the way, I still don't know why Joy TV is still airing that thing. Yeah. Even if it's a Canadian version, this man is just nothing but hate. Yeah, old hate. That's all he is. Old hate, I'd say. He told a, uh, uh, a mom could cure her son's stomach pains by casting out demons. Oh, or maybe one of his ancestors had practiced witchcraft. Now, in an email, a, a woman named Diane said her son had painful shockwaves through his body emanating from his stomach while she was praying for him and calling on the name of Jesus. So, <laughs> the question is, who's dumber here? <laughs> <laughs> Him for saying, or the mother for believing. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and is it is it, is it bad that he did, he says you know cast out demons instead of maybe seek yeah, medical advice? Right it is. Well, that stuff makes me so angry. It really angry. ticks me off. It yeah. really ticks me off. I mean, I don't know how serious that that guy's problem was, but to to mess with any medical condition and not seek proper help and actually just take advantage of these people and tell them to cast out demons or give them these other religious solutions really ticks me off because this is people's lives you're messing with. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe Pat Robinson that much too and something happens. He should be held culpable. Oh, he should be. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Because you're giving this person advice as if it's fact. Yeah. I, I and you're causing people to die because they're not te- seeking proper help. I just I just love the irony of it all because, you know, well, in the first story there's the irony of him, you know, taking two steps and, and going under. And then the irony of this woman writes to him by email 
obviously is, <laughs> knows enough about using a bit of science yeah. and technology, but Ask and takes advice about demons being casted out. I mean, come on. Doesn't even do a search for The Simpsons Online. Yeah. Just talks to Pat Robinson. <laughs> do we have time for a third one? Sure, let's do a, a third one. All right, we got Jesus Take the Wheel. This is in oh. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Apparently a 25-year-old, Priyanda Hill, she heard a voice. This was mm. God. And uh, God told her, I'm going to take it from here. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so she lets go of the wheel and runs over Anthony Olivieri. Um, breaking his ribs, spleen, uh, bruised the kidneys, road rash, and kept going. Oh, my. Now, amazingly, the guy survived. Okay, the guy survived. Well, thank but Jesus for that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But That's what he said. <laughs> wow. That's exactly it. That's the irony. Oh, my goodness. Oliveri thinks he's been saved by divine intervention. Not by the paramedics. No. no. <laughs> that that annoys me, too. That yeah. annoys me. And and of that course, when they arrested this woman, you know, she basically that's that was her excuse. God told me to take the wheel. So that's not from the onion or anything, because that just sounds so. Oh, it's, that's that's, that's just ridiculous. amazing. That's so, so I guess now we have to wonder: Is God going to be called as a witness during the trial? Yeah. Yeah, he should be. He clearly can't drive. Well, I think the two of them should get together and talk about God's greater plan because God told her to let go of the wheel yeah. and then God saved him. So clearly there's something there's some, going there's on. There's some confusion going yeah. on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I guess you may fame, uh, face Paul now. This is what the brilliant world we live in oh, at this point. I, that, <laughs> that is, people in the face. Why would anybody just let go of the wheel? I mean, that's criminally insane. Wasn't country? It's that stupid song. There's Jesus there's Take the Wheel. Song. There's a country song that says Jesus Take the Wheel, and now people are fooling for it, and it's just killing people. i got to find this. Country music does kill people, yeah. I've got to find this. Jesus Take <laughs> the Wheel. <laughs> Keep it going. I've got to okay, find this. I've got a joke about country music. Oh, what, do you, what do you get when you play a country song backwards? I don't know, Cam. What do you get if you play a country song backwards? You get your wife back, you get your dog back, you get your truck back. Sorry, had to do it. Okay, go ahead, Mark. No, I was going to say, uh, Kevin was talking before, and I don't know if he's going to discuss this another time, about that Edmonton girl. The one who... Oh, um, yes, yes. I wanted to get into that really yeah. quick. Oh, yes, We're yes, actually yes. kind of planning on doing a, an episode. I want, yes, okay. I, want, I wanted your opinion on this. Um, this is a nice story. Actually, this is... Uh, it's a great story. Yeah, this is in Edmonton, right here in Canada. So it shows that even here in Canada, we are not immune to this kind of folly. Um, this is Emily Dawson. She's uh, 17 when it happened. Uh, she was shocked by a sex ed uh, course in the school. Um, it was taught by the Edmonton's Anti-Abortion Pregnancy Care Center. This is a group that's affiliated with CareNet, which is a U.S.-based Christian group opposing abortion. Uh, Emily says, basically, she, the teacher, did a lot of slut-shaming and pointed out guys as horn dogs. This is quotes. Oh, so it was kind of balanced for a change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <It wasn't>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very balanced. The guys are getting some... Very yeah, balanced. it's just the women they get yeah. torn into, yeah. Apparently, uh, her mom got involved into this, and uh, they, the, a, few, a few of the, the points, apparently, mom. the course um, taught by this Christian group uh, teaches that 60% of boys carry the HPV virus under their fingernails. That condoms are completely ineffective. What? That, oh, yeah. Gonorrhea that's kills that's people in three days, and they refuse to address uh, uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans Was this in school? 
Yes. This is in school. How is the right so time in school to do that, for a start? Well, yeah, and how can... Abortion is legal in Canada whether or not they like it, so how can they have an anti-abortion group coming into a school to teach... The, the, school, the school district, uh, in the search of funds, basically privatizes that part of the teaching. It's not the teachers doing it. They bring in an outside group to do it. This is the group they brought. Um, and they were teaching abstinence. Yeah, that's what they're promoting, yeah. abstinence as much as possible. So like they Emily and her mom... Yeah, Emily Normand basically challenged this under the Alberta Human Rights Act uh, to have her exempt from the class, yeah. which the irony of this is the exemption was brought in to appease conservative Christians from okay. being taught sex ed. Uh. So that's the irony of it all, right? So although the Edmonton Public School Board decided to no longer use the uh, Pregnancy Care Center course, they maintain that the curriculum is scientifically sound. Okay, oh, they're yeah, just trying to cover their butts. They're right, though. If you abstinence... Is 100% effective, but 80% of people don't follow it. No. Yeah, but so I still don't think that you know 60% of boys have HPV. No, none of that is. No. Although you know maybe I should cut mine right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, terrible because yeah. they need to be teaching everything. Yeah. Yes. It's so irresponsible. It's completely yeah. irresponsible. And there's a lot of statistics that show, because in the southern states especially, yeah. there's a lot of abstinence-only teaching, and their pregnancy rates are much yeah, higher. Their is. rates exactly. of STDs are yes. much, much higher. Exactly. So it's not effective. If you no, refuse something, they're going to go and do the exact thing. Yes. So you need to at least accept it's going to happen and just teach them how to and be give safe them about the tools it. they need. Yeah. Yes. Condoms. They, they help against diseases and Unwanted babies. <laughs> no, Put it on. It's not that hard. <laughs> I'm going to play the the devil's advocate for half a second and say, you know what? Correlation is not causation. And that's what these groups would say. Yeah, okay. So how would you respond to that? Uh, well, I would say that even besides the fact that their science is just wrong and that you shouldn't... I mean, if I go to a school and teach that the Holocaust never happened, I'm going to get fired and I'm going to get kicked out. Well, that's because the facts are wrong. Their facts are also wrong and they're putting people's lives at risk mm-hmm. with yeah, these wrong are. facts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on that reason alone, they shouldn't be there. Fair enough. Yeah, damn right. Mm-hmm. Damn right. Good point. Sorry, I've got to stop before I get too angry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this, this is the I'm sorry, one thing that ticks me off. is when it comes to like, people's lives. And it, yeah, it's it's got, yeah, these groups got nothing to do. They need to keep out of people's lives like that. Seriously. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, uh, they can't do that because it's the mandate of the religion to convert as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. It just is that. So until some, enough people tip the balance and say, yeah. no, it's enough, it's enough, it's not going to happen. So I have a question about this um, this student. She, so she went, she tried to opt out of it, but instead it, it turned out that... She the, couldn't opt out of it because uh, basically she needed the credits to finish her course to be, to be able, able, to, able to graduate. So, so they didn't allow her to opt out. So then did she take it to court or did it just get a lot of publicity and so the school board dropped it? Um, a bit of both. Uh, what they did is they, I believe they made a complaint. Like I said, they made a complaint under the Alberta Human Rights Act. Okay. Uh, I don't right. know if how, how far in the court it's gone there, but this is very recent. It's, oh, it's yeah. Like yeah it's, it's new and new. Good for her for actually yeah. standing up. Good oh. for her. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's time for my rant? I guess so. I don't know. I'm not allowed to think, remember? I wasn't granted permission. <laughs> <laughs> I am shutting her mic now. <laughs> all right. Now, I could go on a tirade on how family is important thing for us all and use the usual emotional swooning which colors every speech in a pro-family rant. 
From an evolutionary standpoint, family is simply the first mentor we come across when we are born, small, defenseless, and fragile. If evolution hadn't granted us the willingness to learn from our ancestors or the emotional attachment to protect the next generation, then surely Homo sapiens would have joined a long list of extinct species that have inhabited this world at one point or another. Long ago, natural selection favored those of us who heeded the advice of older generation, while those who too foolish to do so were met with the swift efficiency of nature's predator and traps. The problem with this evolutionary trait was that it also made new generations gullible and unquestioning of parental knowledge. That was a prime breeding ground for mythology and later on religion to take root. Newer generations had no reason to question the wisdom of their forebearers. Their collective knowledge had served them well in previous generations, so religious myth and faith, under the guise of acquired knowledge, permeated the next litter of humans. It wasn't until science's arrival that non-fact-based scriptural pseudo-knowledge, a.k.a. faith, began to be seriously challenged and often at the peril of the Inquisitioner. Now at the beginning of the 21st century, as the relentless march of scientific discovery increases our knowledge and diminishes the power of God, we are left battling an age-old instinct that serves us so well, even today, the need to believe. This is where family comes vital. Religion and its myth have clouded the reason why we evolved the need to believe in our family teachers. These early lessons were there to optimize survival chances in youth, in effect increasing the odds of making it. Now we have better information and explanations for everything thanks to science, but instead of providing better lessons to the next descendants, too many adults, parents, and teachers are failing youth by stubbornly holding on to the stories of the past. They keep the ghosts of the past and inhibit the progress of the species by withholding the best factual information for the survival of their kids. Results, the kids are less knowledgeable and prepared to take on the world. Is it really surprising that survey after survey finds that secular thinking, thinkers prone to science outclass their religious counterpart in several fields? Do yourself and your kids a favor. Give them the best tool to survive and the latest information to go on and let go of tradition and superstition. Ours is a world where surviving is the end game. Theirs is a future with, with the excitement of discovery and void of God's demon and magic. Give them the best you have because after all, they are the only reason you ever existed. Wow, I'm getting applause. Except, except for Karen, because I just <laughs> muted her microphone, obviously. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, this comes to the end of our show. Thank, Thank you so you much, so guys, much for, for being here. That was really here. great to have you. Thanks for having us, guys. We appreciate that. And Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, Keep a listen out for, for us in the next couple of shows. We have actually Dr. Del Rey we'll be interviewing cool. again. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be talking about the God virus soon. Mm-hmm. We should be having uh, Peter Bogosian in September. Awesome. Via Skype. Don't play with the mic. And uh, if you want to send us an email, can you share the email address with us? Yes, it's left at... What is it? Left at Valley. <laughs> at left Outlook. Left Valley at Outlook.com. Or you can go to our website, www.leftatthevalley.com. And thanks again to our guests in the studio. Guys, you're welcome back anytime. Thanks.